my God. I'm sorry. I thought this was the baby's room. I'm really sorry. I was in the pool! I was in the pool! But we're here to talk about Judaism. So where do they think they go when they die? Well, you should try asking the rabbi. Although I should warn you, you might not get an answer. It's just not fair. It's not fair. I don't like this situation, Jerry. I don't like it one bit. Couldn't you at least tell her about the shrinkage factor? No, I'm not going to tell her about your shrinkage. Besides, I, I think women know about shrinkage. How do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? Oh. Elaine, Elaine, Elaine. Do women know about shrinkage? What do you mean, like laundry? No. Like when a man goes swimming afterwards? It shrinks? Like a frightened turtle. Why do you think you're asking all these questions? I just, I just really want to know what happens. Do you think that's part of God's infinite plan? I think your whole religion is a sham just so you can get extra holidays off from work. Oh, gotta go. It's bookwork. Hi, Dave. I just wanted to tell you that I think your show, Plausibly Virtual, has got to be in the top 25% of all podcasts, just like What the Frock, which is better in my opinion. You rock, Dave. Good morning, Friar Rod. I have been hearing a lot lately about how AI chatbots are becoming more involved in religious communities. What are your thoughts on the matter? Good morning, Rabbi Dave. I think it is an interesting development. On one hand, it could be a useful tool for providing spiritual guidance and answering questions for people who may not have access to a religious leader in person. On the other hand, it raises concerns about the authenticity of the guidance and the possibility of replacing human interaction and connection in the religious experience. Yes, I agree. It's certainly a double-edged sword. On one hand, it could be a great way to reach more people and provide them with the support they need. But on the other hand, it's important to remember that there's no substitute for the guidance and wisdom of a trained religious leader. Absolutely. It is also important to consider the potential ethical implications of using AI in this way. For example, how do we ensure that the AI is providing accurate and appropriate guidance and what happens if someone relies on the AI for guidance and it leads them astray? Those are important issues to consider. It's clear that there are both potential benefits and risks associated with using AI in this way. We need to approach this development with caution and thoughtfulness. Agreed. It will be interesting to see how this develops in the coming years. How do you trust a human religious leader? <laughs> uh, good question. I mean, between the religious... By the way, for those of you not keeping up, that was an AI-produced script of what we were going to yeah, talk I about. Just, I asked it to produce a, a, an opening for, uh, for Rabbi Dave and Friar Rod to talk about uh, the use of AI from the pulpit. Much like you heard in that introductory segment there where... Rod sent me a video telling me that my show sucks. But then he didn't get the name right, so I'm not sure how to take it. No, I said virtually live. <laughs> or no, plausibly, what was it? Plausibly virtual, I right. think is what I called it. Right. Yeah, I, there's an AI-generated video thing. The, yeah, the AI video sucked. It was bad. <clears throat> but I did funny, like though. I, it. was. I, I loved the Steve Carell trophy moment when we were talking right. about WTF. Right. That was pretty funny. So it does raise some interesting questions, though, because as we talked about or we talked about, not we as in you, the listener and us, but Rod and I talked about, mm-hmm. I think Bill was in on this conversation, too. I don't remember. There's a rabbi who used an AI chatbot to write his his drash, his midrash, his mm-hmm. teaching, his sermon. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Neither is yeah. the rabbi, because anytime you ask a rabbi about anything... You get, well, on the one hand, it's a good thing, but on the other hand, it's a bad thing. Much like our script. Right. <laughs> I don't think he knows. I certainly don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure how I react to that. So, look, I went to seminary. 
albeit not as a Jewish person, I went as a Christian. And there, being trained with numerous other pastors, well, it started out as 61 of us. When it ended, I think there were 40. So some people got the message along the way. (laughs) But I was appalled. I'll be honest with you. I was appalled at the level of thinking ability, I guess. Not just amongst the students. The students were bad enough. Mm -hmm. It was like the students themselves had never even heard of a book. But some of the instructors were just as bad. Hmm. We had an instructor, not going to name names. We had a couple that we were, my my now ex-wife and I were very good friends with. He was very evangelical, on fire, praise God for everything. And she was like, you know, I don't really want to be here, but I'm married to a guy that is. So, <laughs> so they had to write a sermon for a class. And he, this is the part I don't get, but he put like 25 hours into this 20-minute sermon, which I personally think is insane. Got yeah. It. But she didn't know what to do. So I reached back on my shelf and I pulled a Spurgeon book off the shelf and I handed it to her and I said, see these three pages here, read these and then regurgitate it in your own mind, yeah. in your own words. So she did. <clears throat> they turned in their sermons. She got an A+. Plus. He got an F. It was Spurgeon. <laughs> he, he got an F and accused of plagiarism. I said, wait, <laughs> she's the one who plagiarized him. Why do we have to reinvent the wheel? How is it plagiarism? Well, you know, I learned uh, working at a university that plagiarism is really the first step in the creative process. It is. I mean, there are no, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing new under the sun. Doesn't the Bible say that? Yeah. I think somewhere in Proverbs, right? There's no new yeah. ideas. So why reinvent the wheel is, I I guess, my my question. But now we have AI, and now we're reinventing the wheel. Yeah. And this concerns me because, well, I'm just going to throw the, just going to throw the outline out the window here because I am deeply concerned about something right now. Okay. And in Judaism, we study the Torah portion of the week. So the Torah is divided into portions and we go through each portion and then each year now there are some congregations that do it on a three-year basis which i'm starting to think i might prefer because it gets more detailed but i get why we as do it the way we do so i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna rock the boat besides which i'm not in charge Mm -hmm. i don't get to upend three thousand years of tradition and history and just go no we're doing it this way now (laughs) because that's not how that works At any rate, I grew up, for those of you who don't know this, I grew up in a Christian household, a Wesleyan Methodist um, temperance-oriented household, very conservative Mm -hmm. Christianity, Methodist Christianity. So when we would read stories, we would read them, and we would, um, I I don't want to say take them at face value, but we would take them as they had been interpreted traditionally. Okay. So we come to this story this week of the last three of the of the plagues sent upon Pharaoh because the Israelites want to go. Mm-hmm. God wants the Israelites to go, and Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and he says, oh, no, I will not let your people go. <clears throat> so we have locusts that swarm in and eat, eat, eat everything. Yeah. And then a west wind blows and blows the locusts away, Mm -hmm. which really seems to upset a guy by the name of Rashi, who is one of the great Torah commentators. Okay. He's got real heartache with this wind. I don't don't really understand (laughs) his problem with it, but anyway. (laughs) But the next plague is the plague of darkness. Okay. Now, as a friar and as someone who has grown up Christian, uh-huh. In general, what is your understanding of the plague of darkness? Uh, wasn't it like, it wasn't like an eclipse or something like that. It was just, 
three days of darkness. Yeah, it was. And just, no one could uh, see where they were going, except yeah. for the Jews who had light in their houses. They could see where they were going. Right? Okay. And then after three days, the, the darkness lifted, and Pharaoh threw Moses out, said, don't come back if you come back. Well, wait, That'll wait. be the day you if, die. If it, was, if it was all dark in the land for three days, how did they know they were days? Well, see, that's just one episiological problem here. That's, is that the right word? Yeah. Epistemological. <laughs> Hermeneutical. <laughs> so I grew Ph- up with this story. Hey, there's three days of darkness. Nobody can see anything. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. In Judaism, we have the oral Torah, the oral tradition, mm-hmm. which explains the Torah in greater detail. So I'm having a real problem with that this week, because this darkness plague, mm-hmm. as we understand it, is best presented by a parable. A king is mad at one of his servants, and he orders the servant to be whipped 25 times. Okay. But the person who goes to whip him is even madder, and so he whips him 50 times. Okay. The the person, the thing carrying out the, the action takes on a mind of its own and allows its own anger to go through, right? Mm-hmm. The plague of darkness is seen as physical, not... Not just an absence of light, mm-hmm. an actual thing that comes down and covers the land, okay. but that like it has a, a mind of its own, yeah. and it is pissed off, which is already sounding like a horror movie now, mm-hmm. okay? And it decides in its whatever that there are a number of Jews who have assimilated into Egyptian society. Now remember, this is the ninth plague. Mm -hmm. And do not wish to leave Egypt at all. And when the day of reckoning comes, it is known that these Jews will not leave because they have decided to be Egyptians. They like it here doesn't make any sense does it Mm, well human nature we will see later during the exodus that there are people who want to go back to egypt that there are people why did you drag us out here in the desert we had food we had water people don't like change so i think thomas jefferson said it as long as ills are sufferable they will be suffered so this darkness takes it upon itself to kill the Jews that it decides that it it believes do not want to leave. And this is the reason for the darkness, so that the Egyptians do not see this happening along the way and can't say, see, he's God is attacking them as well as us. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not making this up. This is in the the Talmud. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to know how many Jews we're talking about here? Sure. Let's let's go ahead. The most conservative estimate is 8 million. So 8 million were killed? Yes. Okay. And you're having literally the same reaction I had when I was sitting there going, wait. Number one, I have never heard this in my life. No. Not even close. Never even had an inkling of this. But number two, um, why? Yeah. Well, the reason, as explained in the Talmud, is that these Jews were non-redeemable. In other words, they were not going to leave Egypt, and the darkness felt that if they were allowed to survive, they might influence those Jews who were going to leave Egypt, and thus 
torpedo the whole, you know, again, free choice, folks. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is about free choice. And it would torpedo the, the exodus and the redemption of the Jewish people. And so to prevent that from happening, this darkness took upon itself the... I, I would think that there'd be some record of 8 million people. Well, but see, this is what I'm learning. There are a lot of things in the oral tradition that make sense. I mean, they really do. But to the traditional interpretations of things that I've grown up with, with Christianity, Mm -hmm. are completely ignored. There are two Hebrew midwives, two, for the entire nation. Okay. And they have Egyptian names. They're given really oddball Egyptian names that have meaning. Uh, earlier in this whole thing, before the plague start, before Moses was born. Yeah. Two midwives for the entire nation, which we now know exceeds 8 million, mm-hmm. right? How can there only be two midwives for this entire thing? Well, doesn't make sense. It doesn't until you understand what the Torah is saying and you get into the the oral and you go, oh, okay. Now that makes sense. And I don't have time to explain it here, but essentially sure. the Torah, the Bible actually says that the women explained to Pharaoh that the Egyptian, the, the Israeli women don't need midwives. They're like animals. They're, they're, they, they know how to birth children. They don't need us. We're, we're just there. We're just there to say good job. <laughs> okay. All right. So those are the kinds of things you get into. And then you get into this 8 million thing and this is this is a this week is a a milestone week in the holocaust because it was this week that the vonsi conference took place where mm-hmm. the the nazis decided that they were going to carry this out over a, over a dinner over dinner over lunch actually yeah and so my mind says if eight million jews were irredeemable in egypt and had to be destroyed so that the rest could be saved. How many were irredeemable in Europe? And I'm not supposed to think that way. That is not, that's the kind of thinking that people look at you with a shocked face and go, you crazy person. <laughs> they promptly ban you on social media. Yeah. But is that the kind of thing an AI chatbot can come up with? How would an AI chatbot explain that? Because I know my rabbi is going to explain it to me because we've already tagged messages to each other going, we're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> He's like, I'm ready to talk about it. Okay, great. Does he listen to the show, by the way? No, no. Okay. My rabbi, no, no. <laughs> Look, I'm, uh, I know this is weird, but I belong to a very Hasidic sect of Judaism. Okay. And uh, Chabad does not, uh, Chabad actually, is very uh, technology-oriented, but believe me, they don't have time to listen to things as common as podcasts, which is weird because they produce a lot of podcasts for me to listen to. Yeah, great. (laughs) Thanks. So, at any rate, I I can't imagine he has time. I mean, he's got got all of us to take care of, plus he's got a three- or four-year-old daughter, three-year-old daughter, and wife, and I doubt. I mean, he might listen. I don't know. I posted on my page, so yeah, but I doubt it. He's never well, liked it. How's that? The title of this show might catch his eye. It might. So I don't know. If chatbots are taking over the world and faith and religion is about all these deep questions like this, I, I, I'm willing to accept that this happened. I, I, I don't have a f- functional yeah. problem with it happening. It but like the Holocaust. Me? No, it, it wouldn't surprise me that that a pastor in a pinch it has has like sermon block goes to an AI chatbot and says, "Hey, I need a sermon on X, Y, and Z." And but see, they don't even need to do that. I, I I used to be a pastor, Rod. I'm telling yeah. you, for a couple hundred bucks, you can buy thousands of sermons. Sure, that are already pre-written for you. You just change the date. Well. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't know if any pastors listen to us here, but I know I know that pastors from the evangelical churches recycle 
their their sermons. And they update them with maybe newer stories, but they're recycled. My father, of blessed memory, was a pastor. Mm-hmm. And my father was not a theologically educated man. He was a mechanic and a printer who became a pastor. And I swear to God, he had the same 10 jokes for his sermon mm-hmm. the entire time. I I, sw- I was 12 <laughs> sitting in the chapel in po- Pueblo, Colorado, and I heard the joke. And I was in my 40s when I was in Billings, Montana, sitting in his chapel, listening to him tell the same joke. Yeah. So, yeah, this stuff gets recycled. But then again, the stories do get recycled, and there's reasons yeah. for that. I get it. But yeah. you can go buy thousands of sermons <clears throat> at when when I... I don't know. I just worry about that because I don't know how a chatbot, which are going to become more and more prevalent, and you're right, more and more pastors who are technologically oriented, not the old guys, are going to start doing that. And when they do, how do we know the theological implications of what they're saying? How do we know that it's definitive? Hey. The only reason I know that this 8 million thing, A, is legit, and B, has meaning, is because my physical rabbi, I read it in a book. Hell, I've read it in six different books, so I'm kind of assuming, you know, mm-hmm. there's some legitimacy here. But but my rabbi is going to look me in the eye and say, yeah, this happened. But a chatbot can't do that. And that bothers mm, me. No. Well, there's always Fiverr, too, because apparently you can go, people, you spend five bucks, ten bucks, and have Fiverr write you a sermon. So I'm looking at the list right now. Oh, my God. I will create your church sermon bumper or ministry event promo sermons. Yep. Dude, I can't even imagine. I went to seminary in 1991, and it was bad then. The sermons people were coming up with were so bad. So is the is the AI any, I mean... It's free right now, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does it have inflection? And because because some of these people well, would read these sermons and they were so bad, and they would yeah. read them, they would they would have their paper in front of them, and they would begin the sermon by telling you that. Like we read this sermon is about the third chapter of Thessalonica. And we are going to talk about King Hezekiah. And I would just. <laughs> Lord. Well, it's, it's like the people that sit there and read the presentations when yes. they're giving a presentation. Oh, if oh, you do like, that, let me let me say this right now. If you read a PowerPoint to me, I hate you. You deserve <laughs> to be smothered by darkness. You are a moron. For three days. For, for three days. days. You are a moron. You are an idiot. Stop doing that. If you are going to read to me, do not put it on the wall behind you. I can yeah. read faster than you can talk, especially since your public speaking skills are marginal at best. I can read it better than you can say it. Yeah. Stop. He got sent to the principal's office one day in seminary. Yes. As a 30-year-old man, I got sent to the principal's <laughs> office. Do you know why? Why? Sitting in a class where a teacher is doing exactly that. They're reading to me what's already in front of me. I'm just sitting there with my Okay, folks, I got a, I got a caveat. I was a jerk, okay? I was right out of the Navy, first-class pay qualified submariner i'm a certified navy instructor i'm a jerk and i i'm realizing early on that i don't belong here Mm -hmm. anyway i'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs literally twiddling my thumbs and she comes over to me puts her hand on my shoulder which i hate Mm -hmm. and says david how come you aren't taking notes And I said, this is an exact quote, because it don't take notes on things that I already know or I can read for myself. 
Yeah. About 10 minutes later, the principal of the school is asking me, why are you intimidating my teachers? <laughs> because your teachers <laughs> suck. That's why. <laughs> Believe me, I, I'm a certified Navy instructor. I'm telling you, these people would not last 10 minutes in the real world. No. We'd have been better off with an AI chatbot because at least then I would have said, it's going to mispronounce a word and it's going to be funny. Yeah. Or it's going to make a funny Twitch look in the video like Max Headroom. I and love Max Headroom. Everybody loves Max Headroom. Well, everybody but evangel- everybody but, but conservative Christianity loves Max Headroom. <laughs> That's the devil, you know. I don't know, man. I'm I'm would you do it? If you were a pastor, would you use AI to do this stuff? I wouldn't. Not for an entire sermon. I might do it to illustrate a point. To okay, point illustration made. Yeah. Much as we did at the start of the the show yeah. where we read <laughs> what an AI it, thinks we it, sound we like. We could have delivered that script and no one would have known. We could have. If 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 I hadn't put bad inflection on it and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> we were trying to give you a hint that this was fake. But I mean, can you imagine just doing a whole show with that? Oh, uh, that would be weird. Especially the way my my mind works. That well, that would be the dead it, giveaway is that it, my it, mind wouldn't change directions in the middle of a sentence. At the very least, we would at least follow the outline. Right, which we never do. <laughs> which we never do. Because, frankly, I write these outlines. I don't know why. See, I, okay, I like so here's though. here's the little here's the little secret. See, I used to do this when I was preaching sermons. I would write yeah. an outline, which drove my instructors at seminary nuts because they wanted a verbatim, and I kept saying, uh-huh. I don't do verbatims. Number one, they're useless. Number two, they're zombifying. Mm-hmm. And number three, what makes you think I'm going to stick to this outline? And then yeah. they would look at me with these big eyes like, <laughs> oh, my God, we've got we've got a madman on our hands. <laughs> He's going to wing it. He's going to wing it. <laughs> Good Lord. If you need uh, look, and if you are a pastor listening, I'm sorry. But if you're if you're reading your sermon to people. You're just as bad as the people who read PowerPoints. You might as well just put it on a PowerPoint and let them read it out loud together. Yeah. Because sometimes we do that in the in the in the church I grew up to. We would read yeah. in unison. We God, would. I hated that too because some people read really fast and some people read really slow. And you'd get this like, yeah. <laughs> I remember the Methodist church growing up. We yeah, yeah. that was interesting. Sing the first verse, sing the second verse, read the third verse, sing the fourth verse of whatever hymn is in question. Mm-hmm. Things I don't miss. Not saying Judaism makes any more sense at times, because apparently we have rogue plagues that are going off and just deciding to murder people. Um, but at the same time, it, I'm sure, I just don't know yet, but I'm sure there's a reason for it that beyond they just didn't want to leave. Yeah. But I ain't found it yet. Yeah. Well, I'd still think that the, the Egyptians would have made some kind of like, you know, Hey, there's 8 million bodies now here that weren't there before. Well, that's part of the Talmudic teaching is that they were buried because remember the, 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 the righteous Jews had light. Okay. So the righteous Jews were going and cleaning up over the three yes. days. Yes. Oh, and, and investigating the Egyptians homes. <laughs> to see what they uh, no, I'm not making this up. So anyway, those are the kinds of things that AI are not going to be able to help us with. No. But there might be some things that AI could help us with. For the life of me, I can't think of a single example right now. Other than creating weird videos that mispronounce the name of my show. Creating weird videos. It was good. I used to use the talk to text things. Yeah. Those were always fun because I because I would have to misspell words to get it to pronounce right. That's yeah, the phonetically. Yeah, yeah, that's bizarre. Anyway, what do you think about AI stuff or murderous plagues or sermon <laughs> preparation or Dave being a jerk? It, it's I, I'm so embarrassed by that. I really am. If I could go back 50 years and talk to myself, I would say number don't one, be, don't be don't jerk. go to seminar. <laughs> it's a mistake. It's a huge mistake. But that has led to one of my most foundational rules. You know that, right? Anytime someone comes to me and says, 
God says he wants you to do this, or God, th- I mm-hmm. think God's telling you to, I always say, look, God's got my phone number. He can call me. He don't, he don't need you. Because yeah. the only reason I went to seminary is because other people told me it was a good idea. And it was not a good idea. Did they lie to me, Rod, or were they just ignorant? I think they, they were just ignorant, but. They just wanted you to do something. They wanted me to do what they wanted me to do. That's exactly right. And I didn't want to do that. But I let them convince me that I should. Now there's an entire decade of my life, which you can find no record because I have expunged everything except what I've told you here, which believe me, it's a decade of darkness. Yes, it's a decade of darkness that has been smothered and killed and buried. Buried. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Whitey. And this is Hank. And you can listen to our podcast, Two Pint Talk, on all your favorite podcast sources. So come check it out where we talk about two beers and, and everything stuff. <laughs> listen to Two Pint Talk on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. And this is actually What the Frock. I don't know if we ever said that. We didn't. Did the, did the AI actually say that? It did not, because I didn't add it into the answer question. So. Should have taken you, care you've got to be specific when you're dealing with an AI. Yeah, that's the, that's the weird part about it. Yeah. Speaking of having to be specific, conservatism these days is taking it on the chin. They always do. Not sure how I feel about all of this. So something that I have long advocated for, the flat tax, yeah. is apparently now going to get a vote in Congress. Okay. And Democrats are salivating at this. Oh, look, Republicans are in favor of a 30% sales tax. Boy, they really love people, don't they? Yeah. Is the way it's being presented. Of course, that's not what it is. I mean, it is a 30% sales tax, but it's also zero income tax. Mm-hmm. So it's a consumption rather, tax, basically. Yeah, it's a consumption tax. If you don't, if you don't go buy a brand new whatever, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay the tax. Yeah. Now that might be disincentivizing to people because you tax things to de-incentivize them. Sure. So you're taxing things to de-incentivize purchases. Oh, by the way, it doesn't apply to food. Food does not get taxed. Okay. So, so just your toilet paper, right? That's a good example. Toilet paper would get taxed at 30%. So would you rather, but so would you start coming up with alternatives because you don't want to pay that 30% tax on toilet paper, even though you're not paying any income tax. Imagine right now you pay, the government takes somewhere between 20 and 25% of your money off the top. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, if you've checked all their boxes, they'll give you about a tenth of that back. Yeah. Imagine if you got to keep all that. My wife makes about, in rough numbers, about a hundred grand a year. So before we get to see a dime, we're sending them twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And at the end of the year, we get maybe, maybe a thousand back. Yeah. So if I had that other twenty four thousand dollars, would I pay? Would I buy the four ply plus the plus the thirty percent tax? Squeeze damn right out. I would. You're absolutely right, I would. Yeah. I I just know that, I mean, apart from food, I don't buy big ticket items. So that 30% isn't going to be that big of a deal. Now, okay, on top of California's sales tax. Right, which they're not going to give up. No, no. And Washington State has decided that they're going to do the same thing now. Yeah. So if there was 30%, then you're looking at, you know, what, 40, almost 50%. Of the item's cost. Of the item's cost in sales tax. Right. So there's that. But again, this is being presented as Republicans want a 30% sales tax on you. They hate you. Which, of course, is going to play in the media. Sure. It's already playing. The New York Times is already saying this. So while I appreciate the idea of the flat tax, I like the flat tax. I'm in favor of the flat tax. I'm not sure it's a political winner. 
No. Is that why they're doing it? Because it's not going to win? No, they're doing Well, maybe. But they're also doing it because of the the speaker fight. This was sure. one of the concessions that McCarthy had to make, was you will have a vote on this. Of course, the vote's going to be no. 385 to 12 or something. Because <laughs> every Republican except those four is going to vote against it. Yeah, I, you know, I, for me, I, I'm the libertarian here. Taxation is theft. Um, but if I had to choose a tax, I'd, I'd go flat tax all the way. And consumption, because then you can control it, because then right. you're, you, you have the choice of, of other options. As a conservative-leaning libertarian myself, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. But I also recognize that taxes are something of a necessity. If we're going to have a government, yeah. we're going to have to have taxes. Now, what the source of those taxes are and how much they are is the, is the debate. Prior to 19... Twenty eighteen. Prior to 1918, we funded our government with an excise tax, a a, a consumption tax on alcohol. Mm-hmm. But then we banned alcohol. Oops. Now what do you do? Mm. Well, now we have an income tax. In fact, <laughs> well, after three days of darkness. After three days of darkness, yes. Um, so... I, I think there are ways to do it, but I think taxation is so wildly out of control right now because, yes. again, as Dave Barry once wrote, the only reason our government keeps wasting so much money is because we keep giving it to them. Mm-hmm. We'd stop giving it to them. But then the problem with that is that if you don't give it to them, then they shoot you or shoot at you or yeah. lock you up or whatever. So how do we how we fix that is going to be more problematic than 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 the flat yeah. tax, which is still still going to be the option because that's one of the arguments against the flat tax is it'll it'll have a boom in the black market. Well, but you know, think about think about how that would revolutionize things, right? No more having to like as individuals do your yearly income tax. Right. Still with the state, you would have to, but the federal. No, I don't. What? I don't have in, We don't have state income tax. Yet. Oh. We're, we're going to eventually, but yeah. right now we don't. Yeah. Great. Which is Thanks. so nice. I remember the last the last one I sent to California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote on the bottom of it, bye, you bleepers. Don't call <laughs> me again. <laughs> and you know what? A couple of years later, literally. They called you again. 2019, they called me again. So I've been out of California for two and a half years. You know what they called me about? Well, you haven't registered your, you haven't paid your truck registration. I'm not in California. My truck is registered in the state of Washington. You should know that. You should be able to go in the computer and go, okay, where is this truck now? And it yeah. should come up as, well, and, and, and I swear to God, Rod, the franchise tax board called me about this for a department of motor vehicles issue. Well, they hand it off to us because it's technically taxed. And I'm talking to this lady and she literally said to me, Quote, you didn't tell us you were leaving, unquote. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you I'm leaving, but as a courtesy, I will now tell you I left two years ago. And then she said, yeah, well, (laughs) and I said, I'll make you a deal. I will pay the back registration if I can use the secret DMV office that they have in the basement of the Capitol that the legislators get to use, but the common people don't. (laughs) She said, I'm just going to mark this as taken care of, sir. Have a great day. And that's the last I heard from the state of California. Hopefully I'll never will again. Although now my wife is talking about traveling to California, which secretly trying to talk her out of just because I don't want to do the paperwork. <laughs> there you go. As, as they arrest you as you get across the state yeah. line. Yeah. Wait, well, you got to pull into that fruit thing, which isn't really a fruit thing. It's really a tax thing. <laughs> they look at your license. No more of this. Are you carrying any fruits and vegetables? Has anybody ever answered that question? Yes. Ever. Uh, I, I actually did once. <laughs> Why? Well, I had, I had seeds. I think it was. So I said, well, does this count? They're like, no, don't worry about it. Go. Anyway, now it's going to be show us your show us your ID. Show us your papers. Yeah. 
Anyway. Give us the your other, papers. The other thing that's happening in the the other thing happening in the conservative world these days, and I look, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be frank about this. I came in after the fact, mm-hmm. and I have to say this, and I'm trying to find the exact words I need to say how I feel about this entire issue. The only thing I can come up with, Rod, is I don't care. No. And that is this Daily Wire versus Louder with Crowder stupidity. Yeah. So let me get this straight. Let me see if I get this straight. He wants $50 million a year, mm-hmm. but the standard contract is $30 million. Yeah. Something like that. Okay, Ben, here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, I'm available for $10 million, and I can do every bit as good a job as Louder with Crowder can. The only reason he has an audience is because he has a name that says Louder with Crowder. Yeah. Believe me, I can come up with some alliterative, stupid nickname for me. That, uh, you know, will be just as playful and just as, just as entertaining. And believe me, I've already proven that I can be a jerk in these kinds of situations if I need to. And, but I'll do it for 10 million. Dates and I'll do Dave. a better job. Right. <laughs> what did you say? Dates with Dave. Dave. Yeah. 209 lol date. <laughs> Were you listening that day? I was. Oh my God. Well, those of you that weren't. I have a text machine. I have a phone line, 209-565-DAVE. You can always text me at that number. And Mazzy came in one day and pointed out the fact that it also, spe- it also spells LOL, L-O-L, date. Yeah. Which at the time, I wasn't married, so it was like, okay. <laughs> Let's roll with it and see. Anyway. I don't know how to react to this whole thing. What I really don't know how to react to is my entire timeline on Twitter being filled up with this nonsense. And the polls. Who's right? Daily Wire Plus or Crowder? And people are passionate about this. It makes them look like they're stupid. Exactly. Well, it's not really making them look stupid. I mean, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say they probably are stupid. It's confirming that they are stupid. So let me get this straight. You think you're worth $50 million, but they're only going to offer you $30 million. i tell you what my dad, of blessed memory, would have said. He would have hit me upside the head and said, take the $30 million, you moron. Yeah. I would have said, yeah, that's probably a good idea, because then you could take you could take $20 million of that $30 million, invest it, and still have $50 million, right? In a few years, I mean, but... I couldn't spend, well, I could spend $50 million. Well, so, quick, like, where's Crowder going to go to get I that don't kind know. of money? Because Daily Wire is, like, the preeminent conservative. Right. And didn't he just idiot. leave the blaze? I believe so. So, you left your current employer. You took 90, 100 days to make this mm-hmm. fiasco. What makes you think the Daily Wire is going to bend over backwards and go, sorry, you're right. They're not going to. So what now? What are you going to do? Crawl back to Glenn Beck and go? Sorry, I'm back. Please pay me the three hundred thousand you were paying me before. He's going to pitch the Mug Club. He wants to sell sell you coffee cups so that you can uh, help fund his. Well, so does Shapiro. Yeah, they do the same. I can't listen to Shapiro's show, and the reason I can't listen to Shapiro's show is not because of his annoying, whiny little voice. It's because half of his show, which is still only half of the three hours, but half of his show is buy my crap. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to my website. Drives me nuts. Uh, we don't do I that will, here. I will listen to him just for the fact that it it it's great exercise for your listening skills because he talks so freaking fast. Well, so you've got to really pay attention. Right. Yeah, I get I get hit with that all the time. You talk yeah. too fast. Yeah. Okay, I'll slow down just for you. Like Here's a AI. PowerPoint. Read this. Like an AI reading a script. Here's a PowerPoint. Read it. <laughs> but it's just an outline. It's not a verbatim. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, submarine fans. Let me talk to you about the most exciting thing in currency, the gold back from goldback.com. 
Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution says that states are actually legal to create currency as long as they are made of gold and silver. And now there are states doing just that by legalizing and making their own currency using, you got it, gold and silver. The exciting news is the subvet.com is now an authorized dealer to purchase your gold backs right on our website. Be sure to email me at eric at the subvet.com or you can call me at 720-277-9333. Be sure to check out the gold backs on the subvet.com and then get ready to secure your family and future with the power of fractional gold currency. Get your gold back from the subvet. Welcome back to WTF. This is uh, the time of the story that we go through the news articles of the day or the week. For me, Dave, this one is not so much a WTF story per se, although it is more of just desserts. Because, Dave, there's that classic it's funny you should say that. What? Just desserts. Just remember that you said that. It's just desserts. Just desserts. Okay. There's, this, there's the classic... A classic Seinfeld, because there's a lot of Seinfeld episodes that are that are classic. But guys will remember this one just by one word. I'm going to say one word, and men are going to relate, and they're going to understand. Ready? Shrinkage. We all know it. I was in we the pool. I was in the pool. <laughs> Apparently, Dave, researchers have come out, and shrinkage is real. They're calling it winter penis, though. Really? So they are. Shrinkage is real, huh? Shrinkage is real, yeah. They had, they had a government-funded study to prove that. Less-endowed men have often blamed the cold for the unfortunate size of their manhood, but it may not be an excuse after all. For doctors say winter penis, as it has been nicknamed, really does happen. And the shrinkage is all down to the body's natural reaction to cold weather, which is which is blighted Britain this week. Okay, I'm reading a British news article. Right. But, right. So yeah, what guy have what guys have known for all this time of their life that shrinkage is real. Uh, you know, they had to do a study and come out with a paper because the, apparently women didn't believe us. I don't know. Right, and they're gonna believe us now because now now it's now it's science. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. According to uh, Oliver Kays, consultant, urologist, and honorary senior lecturer, uh, the colder temperatures will re- reduce blood flow to the extremities such as the nose, the toes, and the penis. So wait, so, so I have a question. Go. Okay. How come my nose doesn't get smaller? Well, because your nose has cartilage in it. Doesn't Your, my penis have a bone in it? No. I'm not going there. <laughs> the jam jar does not lie. Must be jam because jelly don't shake like that, oh, they say. Gosh. Just desserts, great. So apparently, and I don't listen to this stuff. Literally, the only time I have listened to any of her music since she was on with J-Lo on the Super Bowl halftime show, which pisses me off. All right. Complete topic change without a clutch here. I hate the Super Bowl halftime show. Yes. Do you know why I hate it? Because I have to watch it. I no longer have an option. I have to watch it so that I know the next 20 minutes exactly what happened that conservatives are losing their minds about. Mm-hmm. Janet Jackson. If I don't slip. see it, right. If I don't see it, which by the way, I saw that live. I saw that live. And I yeah. went, and I went, wait, did that just happen? And that was in the early days of the DVR. So I was mm-hmm. able to back it up and go, yep, that just happened. But that was before Twitter. And then you backed it up and said, oh, yep, that, that happened. That happened again. I'd like to see <laughs> that again. But now I have to watch it because in the moments after the end of the show, mm-hmm. Twitter will be inundated with vague comments that if you don't have the context for, you won't understand. And instead of being able to say, well, I don't understand that, and moving on with my life, I got to be able to understand it. So now I have to watch the halftime show, which I hate mm-hmm. because it's stupid. 
Anyway, so I haven't watched Shakira since she was on the halfway half halftime show with J Lo back when two thousand okay. whatever. But apparently, she has released a new album, mm-hmm. which I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say is nowhere near as good as her her debut album was. Sure, it was fantastic. The videos, even Ben likes the video about the bird thing where she's pretending to be a bird. Ben loves that video, hmm. or did when he was a kid. Anyway, she has released a new album, and on this new album is contained an epic new breakup track. Yes, because that's what artists do. Right. This is the thing now. You have a relationship, you break up with somebody, you write a song about them. Yeah. None of which even comes close to the the all-time champions of this. The all-time champions of this. Hands down the greatest breakup track artists of all time. Mm Mm-hmm. Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks. Because not only did they write songs about each other after they broke up, but then they stood there on stage together and sang them. <laughs> Shakira don't do that. No. Well, we don't know if her if her former husband actually sings. Gerard Piquet, we don't know. He but plays soccer. Whatever. Or football. So, in 2022, she and her ex, Gerard Piquet, am I saying that even close to right? I don't know. Oh, whatever. It's French. They broke up. Mm -hmm. And people, for two years, I guess, have been wondering why they broke up. What what happened? What what went wrong? The English translation for her song, which is in Spanish, says, Good luck with my so-called replacement. I'm worth two 22-year-olds. You traded in a Ferrari for a Twingo. You traded a Rolex for a Casio. That's great. The lyrics are seemingly a direct call out to her ex-soccer player, who is now in a relationship with a 23-year-old, Clara Chia Marti. But, now thanks to some online sleuthing, Uh we know how Shakira caught her husband... Okay, I got to hear this, Dave. Fooling around with this 22-year-old while she was on the road. Mm. This is the most internet thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Shakira apparently likes a specific type of strawberry jam, which I can relate because I do too. Has to be smuckers, has to be cold. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case for her. But apparently she likes some sort of strawberry jam, which her then-husband and children, with whom the, the, the husband was watching while she was out on the road shaking her hips to not lie, do not like. But apparently, mm. Chiara Chitty, whatever her, Chia, Chia Marty, whatever, does like, right does like so while staying at the home she apparently dipped into the strawberry jam yeah and shakira who clearly is not insane knew exactly how much jam was in the jar when she left yeah like marked it on the thing When she got back, there was jam missing. This is how she figured out that someone else was in the house eating her jam. Mm. So she confronted, I guess, the guy. and Who's that turns damn out jam that, eater? It turns out that, what's her name again? I keep messing up her name. Marita Cheetah. <clears throat> is that her name? I don't want to mess it up. Anyway, it, it, it turns out that the now girlfriend, the 22-year-old that was that's a Casio compared to the Timex or the Rolex of Shakira, um, did like the jam and was eating it. Mm-hmm. And this is how they got caught. Yeah. Fooling around on Shakira. Is this guy a good soccer player? I mean, is he? I, you know, well, he's he's in the European league, so I don't know. I, I think he's I think he's an okay soccer player. I don't know. But well, dude, that's how he got caught. Shakira. Because the jam don't shake like jelly. 
I mean, you got to say it, right? Strawberry jam don't lie. <laughs> Makes you say, WTF? This is Bill Mick from Bill Mick Live on WMMB in Melbourne, Florida. Hope you're enjoying listening to my buddies, Dave and Rod. Always good to hear them, and you can join me as well. I'm on Eastern Time, 6 to 9 a.m. every day at BillMick.com. Hit the Listen Live link, and you can pick up the podcast there as well. Morning conversation about the Space Coast, Florida, and the country. We do it every day with Bill Mick Live on WMMB. Hi, this is Justine, bringing you late-night talk for those that go to bed early. Listen to my podcast, What's Justine Thinking, every Wednesday and Friday on Anchor and Spotify. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. There were some other stories I wanted to get into this week, but we're not going to have time, unfortunately. There's a great story out of Cincinnati. Well, I guess we are going to have time. I'm just going to decide that we have time. How's okay. That? Okay. I'm, I'm, Since I'm we're talking about religious here. issues this day, and I'm, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to say this up front. I'm not Roman Catholic. I've never been Roman Catholic. I enjoy the pageantry of the Roman Catholic liturgy. Mm-hmm. I very much do enjoy that. I'm it's a liturgical person. I, I love formatted services. I, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just me. I, I realize that in today's Christian world, that ain't the thing. You just got to let spirit move things. Yeehaw. I'm not that guy. <laughs> Thanks for that accent there. You're welcome. <laughs> Cincinnati Archbishop restricts ad orientum mass posture is the headline. Hmm. So this guy, Archbishop Dennis Schnur of Cincinnati, um, issued a document last week that bans or restricts the ad orientum posture for priests in the mass in the, for mass in the archdiocese. And I read this story like four times. Okay. Because I had no clue what they were talking about. But it comes it turns out, see this this is what happens to me folks. I read something like this and all of a sudden I got to know everything there is to know about all this. And so an hour of my day is gone learning about ad orientum versus uh, the other thing, which is called versus populum. Okay. You know what all this means? It's, it's all Latin to me. I don't know. It means facing away from the congregation or facing the congregation. Okay. Ad orientum is facing away versus populum is facing the congregation while you do okay. the mass. Okay, that makes sense now. Does it make sense to you? Because to me, it still doesn't make sense that this is the drivel we are occupying. They're very prescriptive. I know. I know. I, I, you know, I want to see the the priests after this thing is written as to now they're going to forget. Oh, shoot. I'm supposed to be fixing this way. Well, no, no. The, 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 The actual memo says that they have to they have to promulgate a schedule of which masses will be ad orientum and which is which ones will be versus populum and they have to have x percentage of each there's a monty python skit in there somewhere so on the front board out front it's gonna say mass today i don't know pick a time 9 30 a.m ad orientum mass today 10 30 versus populum populum so you can walk up if you're catholic you can walk them and go well which mass do I want to attend? Do I want to see the priest's face or do I want him facing away from me so that I can make weird gestures and faces behind his back <laughs> and get away with it? And that's how I will decide which mass I will go to. I'm sure, again, I'm not Catholic. No. And look, every religion has its issues. Mine has this plague of darkness that's murdering people. For three days. But, yes. And and, um, and your people are then, you know, carrying away the bodies and burying them. Right, right. It wasn't just they, they were killed. Right. You know, you know, that would be something, Dave, if the darkness could actually bury the bodies too along with it, if it didn't require that the, you know, right. the Israelites had to go and bury everyone. Well, see, and I'm sure there's a lesson in that too. 
I'm sure there's some rabbinical teaching in that going, and the reason they had to do this on the one hand was because it was bad, but on the other hand, because it was good. Put that aside. All religions have weird stuff going on. So I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing. I hope you don't take this as criticism of the Roman Catholic Church. I just thought it was funny that this whole news article and and the time I spent trying to figure out what it all meant. It's time you're not going to ever get back, Dave. Maybe I don't want it back. Did you ever think about that? Well, I didn't. I didn't. My time. I didn't. It's my time. I can waste it how I choose. Because I only have so much of it left. Send your complaints to WTF at WhatTheFrock.org or to Dave at WhatTheFrock.org. He won't read them. He'll forward them to me at Rod at WhatTheFrock.org. Or you can comment on our website, WhatTheFrock.org, or our Facebook page. Just look for What The Frock with Diamond and Rod. And on that note, I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. And this has been... What The Frock? (laughs) 